0: Like it's just it gonna, gonna record nice. but we're not gonna actually start the episode we're just gonna like talk and then i'm gonna introduce the episode and that's what i'm gonna start doing because I, yeah, like, so. I feel like every podcast is always like what's going on and that's i guess that's what i say too but it's just like but it's always that's how it all starts but i think you know what fuck every other podcast like i mean it like like uh they're not just, us no they're not us but it should just kind of like it's just like organic like we're just talking you know before we jump into fantasy actually give me your thoughts on the college football playoff real quick are you what do you think
1: uh, i'm i'm glad that fucking alabama's not going to be there uh i think georgia's going to fucking steamroll with just about everybody
0: i mean alabama's still three right now which is kind of like worrisome but so, they still
1: got to face georgia
0: but if they beat them Cincinnati's out yeah but this is not going to happen here's what i think though and everybody's like freaking out about this whole thing with like cincinnati if alabama beats georgia and cincinnati gets bounced out all it means is it's going to force the hand of the NCAA to expand the playoffs that's all it's going to do and i have like the perfect idea i think it already should expand hear me out college football playoffs should be eight teams all it is is one extra game so instead of like Instead of Georgia playing a 13-game schedule, they just play a 12-game schedule because they're going to have an extra playoff game potentially. And then what you do is you give five automatic bids to each conference winner of their championship to the big five, that being the SEC, Big 10, Big 12, PAC, and the ACC. They all get an automatic bid for winning their conference. Then the best team out of the non-Power 5, i.e. Cincinnati this year, they would get an automatic bid. And then your seventh and eighth team, two wild cards, whoever the committee wants to make money off of. Alabama and Ohio State have two losses, pull them in. Unfortunately, that's the only way Notre Dame could get in, but it would kind of put a big old fuck you to like people that are like independent and they're like, we want to keep all of our money ourselves. And it forced people to join conferences too. But I think that's the best way that nobody could bitch. Cause like, why didn't well, my team yeah, make it? Yeah. Well, you didn't win your yeah, conference championship.
1: Well, I, I disagree with that because the Pac-12 is absolute shit.
0: Well, yeah, but, but um, they would be the So why, why,
1: why award anybody that's, they, that's absolute shit? And then you have the SEC biased that you're going to try to get three SEC teams in regardless.
0: Who cares? As long It wouldn't matter if they get three in because every other conference plus a non-Power 5 is automatically represented. So who cares if three SEC teams are in? Who cares? <laughs> All right, what's going on guys welcome on into the second and short fantasy podcast titled the cheap seats Uh, This is episode 20 with your host Tyler Lauder and our fantasy expert Jason here And that's a little sneak peek of what we're going to be doing when we come in here We're going to talk about football talk about sports Maybe talk about a little bit of fantasy hints um, Just kind of get the show going and now we're going to dive on in and today's episode um, Is very relevant because uh, Jason's dealing with trade negotiations right now for a running back Uh, We just saw Dalvin Cook, Christian McCaffrey get hurt this past week. Uh, We know that Derrick Henry has been out. Uh, We see other running backs kind of battling injuries. Uh, uh, DeAndre Swift also got hurt. So what we're going to do is we're going to talk about running back windows. And I believe it is the only position in fantasy sports that have a true window. Like, I feel like, like, I mean, everything has a window, but like, when you look at a quarterback, drew breeze was startable for 17 years. That's not really a window. That's a, that's, that's a whole road. A window is a small frame of when their value is at its best. When you look, when you're looking through your house and you get to your window, you can see out your house better than you can against that wall. That's what a window is when the value is as clear as day. So we're going to break down three different tiers of running backs here. And we're going to kind of go over, I, I, I don't even know how to call them like seasoned veterans kind of veterans and pretty new to the game not counting rookies because obviously their windows large and we're going to play a little game called are you going to hold do you need to sell now or is it a little too late for you to sell and you miss their value window and we're just going to roll because we got a lot of names here and none of these names are going to take forever <laughs> but we're going to just give our opinions we're going to go back and forth we'll take turns on this um but we'll start off with Um, We're going to start off with these older guys, older. So we're going to talk about Dalvin Cook. So what do you think is Dalvin Cook right now? You're a fantasy owner. You have him. Are you holding him? Are you trying to sell him for his value? Or is it just too late?
1: I'm holding him because, I mean, yeah, he does. He is injury prone, but in that offense, he does produce. Uh, So, yeah, with the passing game opening up, I think if they get rid of Kirk Cousins, his value absolutely skyrockets, but his injuries do concern me. So I'm I've got him on a, a really short lease of holding him at least one more year to see if this trend continues. If it does, then he, he's immediately on my trade block.
0: But I, I, here's the thing, though, with him being a hold for you, if you hold for one more year and he gets hurt again, <laughs> yeah, then, right? Then, then you're at that too late. <laughs> So like your window for him is literally going to be like weeks 1 through 5 next year and you got to be like running back top 10 and then you got to you got to pull the trigger on yeah. you got to sell yeah. now in hopes unfortunately that he gets hurt again or it's the value just tanks
1: or or what you do is you see that preseason hype him oh yeah. he's looking better than ever you know if you're see if you're league drafts later after OTAs and everything start, you start seeing that hype, you start hyping him up, you put him out on that trade block. You start filling your offers. You start getting younger and you roll the dice then, but yeah, um, I, I was going to say week one, four, mm-hmm. um, uh, was giving him a little bit, uh, a one week more, but I'm looking at that first four weeks mm-hmm. that I'm selling him. I'm going to hype him up in OTAs coming back rehabbing injuries. I want to very closely monitor those four, first four weeks. Week three, after that game, week three, he just immediately goes on my trade block, and I start seeing what's out there to see what I can get back in return. Uh, ideally, I'm going to be looking for younger at the position or feeling the absolute need, such as a wide receiver two and with a plus draft picks. So that's what I'm looking at, and that's my idea on somebody like Cook.
0: Yeah, and I mean, you have to hold right now. Real quick before we go to clarify some things, don't ever trade a player when he's hurt. His value is never going to be what you need it to be. If they're going to return from injury, that's you wait until something happens. Um, And otherwise, you kind of force to at times. So let's move on to the next name. Let's move on to a bigger name. We're going to talk about Christian McCaffrey. Now, Christian McCaffrey, um, for me, I think he's a sell But I think he's like one of those hold cells. Now, what I mean by this is I think you need to wait till he's healthy. I think Carolina puts him on IR because they understand that their chance of making the playoffs are slim. He's hurt. He's not hundred percent. We're not going to risk it. He makes too much money. And I know for a lot of people that's hard to understand, but Carolina just is protecting their assets is all they're doing. What I believe though, is once he's healthy, and we get that offseason hype. We're going to get a combination of two things that is going to help you get the most for Christian McCaffrey than you can right now. I mean, about three weeks ago, as he was coming back from injury, I traded away what is going to be a late first round pick and a free agent waiver pickup in Cordell Patterson. And I got Christian McCaffrey from somebody because they were feeling greedy. They needed to win now. Cordell Patterson's outproducing, so they took him. Come this offseason, when McCaffrey's looking even bigger, looking in better shape. You see him cutting and your rookie draft comes around and IE the 2022 draft isn't good for those listening on audio only doing quotation marks here because it's not going to be a good class. We always say that shit, but it's probably going to be just as good as other classes. You're going to be able to sell for more because you're going to get the combination of holy shit, McCaffrey looks good. These draft picks aren't as good as normal. You know what? I'll give you two first round picks from McCaffrey and you're going to get to strike gold but it's, 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 it's literally week two is, like, your window. It's even shorter than Dalvin Cook.
1: See, I'm I'm totally off the reservation on this, and I'm going to go completely against you. I'm getting rid of uh, – I've shipped. Every hold I've had on McCaffrey is is no longer on my team. I got – when this season started, uh, you know, I had felt in my gut the injury concerns. I got Jonathan Taylor in two firsts.
0: Well, yeah, uh, that's then though. We were, ta- we
1: we're talking about now. Yeah, uh, no, I'm saying. And then just recently, I got, um, I got, I sold McCaffrey and I got two firsts. Uh, it's going to be a mid and a late first this coming draft, mm-hmm. which I'm going to package and move up. My deal with McCaffrey is his running style contributes to his injury status, uh, him being injury prone. And you being the Carolina Panthers fan, you follow the team uh you and a couple of other other people i know follow the team more closely so you're also not the people i'm going to be targeted when i am selling mccaffrey but mccaffrey is is a immediate self for me currently because i don't trust him anymore based on his running style and you could probably agree with this we've talked about it over there the coaching staff in carolina don't know how to use him properly.
0: Joe Brady. Joe Brady has got to go for McCaffrey to be more valuable. One hundred percent. That offensive coordinator. I think he's got to go.
1: So, so you also got to take take into that effect, because if you're in some of these leagues like we are, they're highly competitive leagues. You're sometimes you don't get the average Joe in there. You've got people that know their shit. So you have to. Target people at the right time, and McCaffrey's somebody that I'm selling at right now. I'm getting them off my team and getting whatever value I feel I can get out of out of him currently.
0: Now let's move on to a fresher face. Let's move on to another tier. We'll come back to this old man tier in a little bit. Uh, let's talk about uh, Austin Eckler. Now Austin Eckler injured last year, came back though. But when Austin Eckler plays, he's on fire. Um, he's PPR dominant. Uh, which is the format we're talking about here in Dynasty, and we're talking about all Dynasty. This, we're not talking about redraft right here. Um, this sounds weird. I know we're about to hit the playoffs and everything, but like my interest in redraft as the season goes on, I just it just goes down. Like it's really fun to draft and to kind of play and everything, but eventually it's just it's a, nobody trades. You have a trade deadline that cuts off everything, which I don't think Dynasty should have. I think Dynasty should never have a trade deadline. Another discussion for another day. Um, but let's talk about Austin Eckler. What are you doing with him?
1: Oh, I'm I'm holding on to Eckler. Eckler is a PPR machine. Um, and I'll be one of the first people to tell you I was totally not on board with the Eckler hype. I was late to the party. I almost missed the bus on this. I came around, I've got a couple of shares for him, and I overpaid to get those shares because I believe in him that much. Uh that offense, um, You know, listen, listen to any of our previous podcasts, you know, our love for Mike Williams. Uh, Keenan Allen is still a beast and going to draw attention there. Herbert is just getting better with each game and getting more comfortable. So that offense is going to start, start improving even more. So I'm, I'm all in on the Eckler train, just like I am. uh, We we are on the uh, Mike Williams train.
0: Now, here's my thing, though. Don't you think this would be the best time after right now he's like running back two in most PPR formats? When the season ends, wouldn't it be the best time to sell Eckler? Because it's, I mean, he's not, he's not old by any means. Um, and he's not a guy that is, he's not a guy that is like um, too broken up. Uh, but after the season's over, he's going to be hitting 27. And that's kind of like a, a cutoff year with running backs. Now, we saw guys like Brian Westbrook play to like 30 high level um and we've seen other guys I, that's like my closest comparison um and, and i i think that if you want to get his peak value you need to trade him this offseason. now when, when we say this though it is very hard to do because christian mccaffrey two years ago literally destroyed everybody in fantasy 100, like 100 plus catches, back to back years, you know, 2,000 total yards, just dominating by getting you 40, get you 40 points half the season every week. But if if you trade him at his peak value, you can get gold, and when you can get gold, it's worth a lot. That's the whole point. It's like it's worth a lot, but as you start breaking that gold down and it starts getting a little more damage, it becomes smaller. Its value becomes less. And I think that although Austin as- as- Eck was the hardest guy to try and sell because he's the easiest guy to slot in, um, and you'll probably never get true value for him. But after a season where he might finish as the running back one in fantasy formats, he might be a guy that you could try and sell for multiple first round picks and run with. Because if you're not turning and burning these guys, you're doing this wrong. Receivers hold forever, quarterbacks hold forever, tight ends never let go if they're great. But running backs, just, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's wood in a fireplace. Just keep replenishing it, going back out. That's me.
1: Well, uh, well also, I, you know, the, the thought of on that is of, of actor like that is he doesn't really have a lot of wear and tear on his body. Yes, he is going to 27, but some of those early years, he was just a third down receiving back. He yeah. wasn't. He wasn't getting a lot of wear and tear, so that that expands his longevity and his shelf life a little bit, in my opinion. That's why I'm saying hold on to him, because he could be a centerpiece or uh, RB one to build around. Now, on the flip side of that, this time next year, he's still putting up those numbers. Oh, he's he's out the door mm-hmm. to get that maximum value because. You have history. You could go off. Well, look what he did last year. He repeated it this year. You know, but you you are on that razor thin edge of somebody who's going to come back. Well, he's twenty seven years old, which I counter. Yeah, he is. But let's look at his his early career. See how see how much wear and tear he's got got on the body. So that's my counter on that. But yeah, I mean Eckler for me is a hold. To, to build around, because worst case scenario, he's going to be a plug-and-play in your flex in a PPR format and still produced and gets you double digits almost guaranteed weekly.
0: Now let's shift um, to another guy in the same group, and we're going to talk about David Montgomery. Uh, for me, David Montgomery, one of this like this too late category, we're another category. Um, we're going to talk about guys to buy. I think David Montgomery is one of the biggest buys out in Dynasty right now. I think he is the perfect candidate if you can somehow swing Christian McCaffrey for Montgomery in a late first, maybe a 2023 first, 2024 first. But I think he's like the perfect candidate to try and swing an older guy for younger guy type of deal. Because I think no matter who's the coach, no matter who's the quarterback, Montgomery is going to feed in the Chicago offense. Even if he leads, I think he's the type of guy that he's a true number one. I think he does well in the passing game. He's a good blocker. He's good at running up the middle. He gets goal line carries. I just think overall his value is going to go up higher than it is. And with the season where he was injured and had some time off, when there's a lot of those owners out there that look at like points, they just look at points. Yeah, you know, he only scored 130 points this year. Well, you know, like yeah, I, I agree. So here's a here's a first round pick in 2022. It's it's you know 112. But take it. I'll take Montgomery. You might be able to swing off deals like that. You shouldn't, but you might. Uh, what's your take on David Montgomery?
1: Montgomery is one of those ones. Uh, I agree is a by low and benefits type player because he's a utility player. Uh, he's got solid hands out of the backfield. He gets those between the tackle runs. He can cut around the edge and, you know, he doesn't really have a goal line vulture to take points away from him in the inside the five. So he's one of those running backs that I really like. But he's also one of those running backs that I have a love-hate relationship with because when I do buy him, it's like I'm either getting him and then he starts his slump. And, you know, I'm I'm too late on the buy to reap the benefits. And, you know, I got to wait for the wait for the benefits or it's the owner is absolutely basing off of unreal expectations and wanting an ungodly amount for him because they think that they see the potential times two. Uh, And that's another thing you got to look at because you need to look for value, not potential value. Uh, and I think that's where a lot of trades fall apart in a lot of leagues, which is somebody we're going to talk about soon.
0: We'll talk about him now. Let's go and talk about Squam Barkley. Um, let's have Squam Barkley and a guy whose value is falling tremendously. Um, I don't know. I don't know what it is. Uh, last week he had, there was a game that was close and the Giants were beating Eagles and he only ran the ball 13 times. I don't understand what's going on. Um, I, know, I know he missed some games this year. What, what did he miss? He missed uh, two, three, four, four games. He missed four games, but he's currently in PPR formats. He's like the running back 40. I don't get it.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, as a Giants fan, I, I, I don't get it either. Uh, but he's a player that a lot of people are going off of his Potential versus actual, uh, because this was just discussed in a league. Um, hi, Mike, I'll call you out. Puts out he needs a tight end. I'm sitting there with Kelsey, Ertz, and Goddard, in two seconds. So I'll offer Ertz and two seconds for him. And I was basically told that I'm a fucking idiot because that, that's nowhere, even not even a starting point. And that irks me too. If you put a trade out there that you're looking for something, don't, don't try to play coy when you get offers involving something you're looking for. Um, but Barkley to me is a key player that people base his potential on his actual value. Guess. Is he, a, is he a beast of running back? Yes. When healthy, when he has an offensive line to run behind and, when you're looking at running backs, you they can have all the potential in the world. But if they don't have a line to run behind, they're not going to produce. If they don't have a quarterback that can get the ball downfield to open up their passing game, they're not going to have those opportunities. Um, this goes back to the age old Emmett Smith versus Barry Sanders, who was the better running back. Emmett had one of the greatest lines in football history. Produced, very produced with a mediocre line. So this goes back and this is something you need to weigh in. This is where you do need to be, do your research, see what your stats are. Your yards per carry factors into some of these decisions. You can have a, if you get 13 carries and your yards per carries in the mid fives, that's solid. But if you're getting 13 carries and you're a 2.9, that's a reason for concern. That's where you need to start evaluating and looking to unload.
0: So, so what is Barkley for? You never said what he was. What are you doing with uh, Barkley? I, I, I'm,
1: I, I think you've missed your window on him. I think, uh, and that's coming at, as a Giants fan. I think his window is very small, if not. Closed by Dow. you're you're pretty much going to be because you're never going to get the value he is and his his injury status i mean acl injuries are hard to come back from not everybody's adrian peterson um so they're not immediately going to bounce back you're going to have those lingering injuries throughout your career you're going to be hampered by them you're going to be it is a mentality game i had my acl and mcl tour when i was 13 years old i'm 43 now i still favor that knee and i'm not as athletic as i used to be but in the back of my mind psychology that knee is never hundred percent no matter what anybody tells me that knee is still not up to say and when you're on that elite level of a running back in the nfl when that is your bread and butter that is what puts food on your table and what gets you money when contracts come around you self-doubt does creep in and you and you kind of favor things and you want to protect not only your health but your way of life so i think you've missed your window if you if you're holding on to barclay right now you've missed your window to get your the actual value out of him
0: yeah no that's true and like so the hardest part is, is if you're trying to buy, you're not going to be able to buy him for what is worth. And if you're trying to sell him, you're not going to be able to sell them for what you want. And you just got to ride it out. You don't hold for hope that it's more. You're just, it's too late. You just kind of, you have to wait for like one big game. Your window is literally one big game and it's got to be the right person. That's it. Moving on to the next person. Let's talk about Josh Jacobs. Um, Josh Jacobs for me is a guy that is another buy candidate. Um, there's something about this whole group of running backs that have like Montgomery and Josh Jacobs. And I don't think they're valued correctly among the dynasty community because we got new shiny toys, which we'll talk about here in a little bit in the next tier of players. And everybody kind of just like discredits them. And like the Raiders bring in Kenyon Drake and we're all like worried that Josh Jacobs is going to lose everything. No, Josh Jacobs is still a very talented running back. He's still playing on a, a pretty high-powered offense, a, a team that's scoring 20, 25-plus points a lot. And they're always in games, it seems like. Very rarely are they just out of it. And I think when healthy, uh, which is a big factor of all these joining backs, I think his window is to buy now. And as the offseason hits, realization is going to come around that Kenny and Drake is not in the offense. And he's just going to be more valuable. Uh, If you have him, um, don't sell him now. Wait till the draft, maybe post-draft, to sell him. Um, But really, I I think he's a guy you should be trying to buy at all
1: costs. See, I'm going to disagree there. I am not a Jacobs truther. Uh, Outside of Derrick Henry, I'm not an Alabama running back at all. Uh, Alabama running backs typically are not successful
0: in the NFL. That's not not even true. That's the most Uh, false statement
1: ever (laughs) all right outside of derrick henry
0: derrick henry mark ingram has put up a good career josh jacobs is putting a decent career right media
1: mediocre mediocre
0: they're 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 rb1 and rb2 numbers that they put up year in and year out josh jacobs the same way we even saw um i'm drawing a blank now on his name um eddie lacy a few years ago eddie lacy had rb1 numbers uh we had uh trent richardson had rb1 numbers Alabama longevity,
1: longevity.
0: Well, we're talking about windows here.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Longevity. Yeah, you could sell them, and this is my theory with Jacobs. I'm a sell now person because you get people just like you that are Alabama truthers. They're like, "Well, look at this. Look at this. Look at this." Okay, you know, I'm going to sell you. Okay, you're you're wanting this for you're you're wanting this high value, but Let's look at the stats. Let's look at his yards per carry. Let's look at his goal line work. Let's break this down. Let's see how good he really is. Let's see when they have, because the Raiders are not that good. That's why sneaky Derek Carr puts up QB one numbers because they're playing from behind. They abandoned the run game. That is what I factor into Josh Jacobs early. Now, if the Raiders get a lead, they're going to lean on that running game. Jacobs is an asset, but the Raiders are not typically going to be in the lead. They're not going to be in clock management. So that's going to limit his, that's going to give him a ceiling and limit the potential. So I am a sell now why you can get value out of Jacobs.
0: Now we'll move on. Cause I don't want to be on players too long and everything, <laughs> but knowing what you just said, if you ever own Josh Jacobs, I will never have to overpay for him to get him from you. Because I know you already know his value is going down because you don't like Alabama running backs. So you've shown your cards. So now if you somehow, and it would Najee Harris, in two, three years, I'm going to get him for a wide receiver too because you don't value Alabama running backs. I think, that, I think that trope is very, it's overused because we don't get longevity out of it. But if you really break it down, there's really no school that gives you longevity at positions anymore. In my, in my opinion, I don't think schools have a reflection on how good actual college players translate to the NFL. I don't actually- right, Quick questions. Go ahead. What,
1: what is your, or we could save this so we could answer this at the end. What is your shelf life for a running back? How many years? How many years of production do you want to get out of a running back?
0: Five years. If I can get five years out of a running back on my fantasy team, then I am more than thrilled. We're talking straight through rookie contract. Hit that fifth year option if they're first round pick. Otherwise, first year of the brand new contract, and that's when I like to sell.
1: Okay, so we got. I got some homework to do for next show.
0: Yeah, that's a, that's kind of where I turn and I burn everything. So uh, let's go ahead and let's talk about this new generation. Let's talk about no, we're not rookies, but we're going to talk about Antonio Gibson, Clyde Edward Tuller, DeAndre Swift, Jonathan Taylor. These are going to be really quick because I believe that these are all in th- their values are still there. Um, I, I think this is going to be easy. Jonathan Taylor, let's just quick sell or quick, quick say he's a hold, right? Yes. He's a pillar. Deandre Swift. He's a hold, right? Pillar. Yes. Values are only going to continue to go up. All right. Now the next two are the tricky ones. We're not going to talk about those two guys because they're, they're top tier of running backs right now in fantasy. And they're in their second year. They're going to continue to rise. Now let's talk about Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and Antonio Gibson. What are you doing with both of them? And then we'll move on.
1: I'm holding until a big game, and then they're immediately going up the trade block, uh, especially uh, uh, CEH, uh, because everybody expects him to be a beast in that offense, and that offense is built around the passing, not the running game. The running game is second, uh, second tier.
0: Well, PPR it's, back is the benefit of him. That's yeah. What everybody's doing.
1: Well, well, I mean, he's not even getting the PPR looks. I mean, he he's still middle of the road. I, I mean, there. This is another. Well, we'll wait and see what he does. So this is one of those players that yeah. Let's wait and see what he does. First big game. I'm sending offers out. Look, look, look what he's doing. He's he's got that youth. You can build around him. I'm, I'm hyping him up as much as possible. Antonio Gibson, same thing. In that offense, I'm, I'm waiting for one big game. If he start, uh, After that one big game, you know I'm going to start sending fillers out. I'm going to start conversations. The next week, if he's having a big first half, offers are going out immediately to try to get some value back for it.
0: I agree. And with them having injury season, I hear the thing about this song i know you're one to sell i think that they can be great candidates to buy now because i think when they were drafted and after their rookie year their value was so high i think their value has taken a huge dip as well and i think these are type of guys that you can acquire in the off season a lot cheaper than you could this previous year if you have a late first round pick or maybe you have an early second two one two 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 three I wouldn't, but there might be an owner out there that might be willing to be, no, Yeah, I'll get rid of Clyde Edwards Holaire. And you can pull up. I mean, we don't know what it's gonna finish with the year, but you can be like, hey, he played six games in his first six games last year. I only had 10 receptions. He doesn't get he doesn't get that many catches. And you might be able to pull him from somebody and then you can turn around and flip them when he has a big game for more. And it's just like a fleet market. You go to a garage sale or whatever, you're just buying something, you turn around and sell it on eBay. You know, you Gary V this. Um, so let's move. We have what? We have three guys left. One's a big name, two are a little bit names that I think are easier, but uh, we'll leave him for the main event. Uh, Let's talk about Zeke right now. Now, Zeke is is kind of injured. Dallas Cowboys are going to kind of hold on him a little bit, so they're going to rest him some, give him some carries, but he's also got Tony Pollard breathing down his neck. What are you doing with Zeke?
1: Uh, Same thing. Once he starts getting uh, the work that he should be getting, I'm going to start selling him uh, because he does have a very formidable running back right on his heels that can produce younger and cheaper. So, in uh, you know, this is where we kind of get on the NFL side uh, versus fantasy side. So you're going to, uh, you could sell Zeke uh, as a RB one to build around, but I think his shelf life as a Dallas Cowboy is shrinking tremendously. Therefore, his window in fantasy is also shrinking. So I'm telling you to get the value while
0: you can. And see, I might, this is weird. I think Zeke's value might be done. I think it's a little too late to sell him. Um, I think that people are going to struggle to kind of sell him for anything that is of what his caliber is, which is still a running back one, mind you. Um... I think it's gonna be very hard for people to sell and to push out. Now, if you can somehow um, find a Dallas Cowboys fan, uh, find a Tony Pollard owner, and find somebody that has a late first-round pick, flipping him for an early first-round pick or a late first-round pick might not be bad. Also, he's the type of guy, if you can sell him for a future first, that might be ideal. If you're a team that is right now in Dynasty, uh, six and six or worse. If you can flip him for a future first round pick, not this year, I say do it because a, it'll help you lose more games this year, which sounds weird, but it will. So you're not going to be the first team out in the playoffs. And you might have a higher draft pick this year, draft a running back. And then that next year, when you got two first round picks, you can double down, get a running back receiver and kind of just keep building. But I think it might be the time to sell for a far asset, if anything
1: now yeah that makes a lot of sense uh so yeah because Mm -hmm. you you also got to look at the mentality you got to be playing chess when they're playing checkers if you can get a 2023 first and you're looking for the future not a lot of people's going to look past this draft class not a lot of people's going to do the research on that so selling them for uh maybe a, a year later first may definitely be a good option for you uh, in the Zeke realm if you can get that value.
0: So let's talk about the last two running backs here, and we've been running for a really long time on these guys. Let's kind of – this guy's going to be quick. I'm going to let you have a whole lead on this one, Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon is at a resurgence. Uh, He's back. He's not this, like, you know, dead to the water. I think I know what you should do with Joe Mixon, but I want to hear what are you doing with Joe Mixon?
1: He's currently on my trade block after this past week. Uh, Sell, sell, sell. After a a I think it was in most formats, 40-plus point uh, turnout that was, like you said, a resurgence, he he went immediately on my block. I started looking at people like, hey, look, you're a contender. I, in the two leagues I have him, I'm middle of the road. Look, you're a continue, contender. You know, one of them has cooked that just went down. That was my first my first owner I reached out to. Look, this is going to help you in the playoffs. You just lost Cook. You don't have Matson. You're going to need somebody to fill that void. You know, I'm rebuilding, so let's swing a deal. He's he's still going back and forth. He's waiting. He he's iffy iffy, but you know our trade deadline is kickoff Sunday. Uh, so he's he's batting it around the other league. Uh, it was the guy that's rebuilding. He's also a team that's rebuilding who gave me a first, which is going to be top four pick for Mixon because he, one, he's a Bengals fan. Second and foremost, he he has someone that he feels he can build around because of the age. He's 25 years old. He thinks that he can build around him. He's like, this is, this is what I need. This is the missing piece. And those are the owners I love that are at the bottom of the tier but think that they're just one one person away from mm. turning their dynasty around. All
0: right, let's talk about last person here, Derrick Henry. He's out for an injury, but he's a big time player. He's proved people wrong uh, because everybody was like one and done. He can't do it again. And I mean, technically, he's not going to do it again because he's hurt. But right. I think Derrick Henry value is going to as soon as he's healthy and everybody sees that he's healthy, and he's in shape his value is going to be at the highest point it'll ever be at again and you must get rid of him immediately i know it's hard because he's a potential top 3 running back every year when he's healthy you got to get rid of him you've got to get multiple multiple firsts this is the type of guy that you can get 3 plus first rounds for you need to do it this offseason don't fuck around
1: right um and i i mirror that um, wholeheartedly because Derrick Henry is—he's a man of money. He, he's a beast. I mean, let's get real. He is an absolute beast. Uh, he's the outlier in my Alabama argument. He is the outlier, but his value is going to start skyrocketing because, one, yes, he does have a lot of miles on it, but he's still producing. So when that rehab hype starts kicking up, that's when you need to start talking to owners. You need to start looking. At who is on that cusp that feels like they're that one one player away that you know that that flex player that they they need that flex player or RB one that you know that they've convinced themselves that they've get this player then they're they're going to be a team to contend and a championship caliber team that's where you need to that's where you need to start your trade discussions because it it all evolves around. The teams that think they're they're one player away. And Derrick Henry, yes, he could be that one player they need, and it could propel them for a championship. And you notice I said a championship, not multiple championships. Always look ahead. Sell when the value is highest. His rehabs, when his rehab comes out, because he's going to have rehab and all that time rested up coming into OTAs.
0: Yeah, and as, as soon as he looks healthy and everything like that, value is going to still be there people are going to start talking about how he's going to be right back to where he was and he probably will um but if this is ever a guy that you can get three first first-round picks for plus that you need to sell maybe trade him away and maybe you get like michael pittman and two first first-round picks you do the deal because it's good value for you long term uh and don't don't mess around and that's it for our show here running back windows they're smaller than you think sometimes you know you're gonna hold for another two years. Sometimes it's one game, and you've gotta hit it when it hits right, because you never know what's gonna happen to these guys. They break down all the time, and just because you know it's it, it was your favorite car growing up doesn't mean that you need to ride it for the rest of your life. Go buy a new car. It's okay. Turn it in, trade it in, get something new. Simple as that. And that is gonna do it for us here on Second and Short and the Cheap Seats. You see everything down here. Follow us along on all these social media platforms. Hit us up, follow us on TikTok, ask us DMs on Twitter. Uh, Hit us up second and short, Jason's Twitter handle is right there under our second and short handle as well. Message both of us. And uh, yeah, good luck trying to manage and navigate these running back windows.